Hello. Welcome to another episode of Crime Spree. How's it going, guys? How are you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm okay. A little, a little scary to uh to live in New York, but you know, that's that's honestly part of the New York experience, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, how are you? What's new? Um, not a whole lot. My cat is snacking in the background, so if you hear her, you know. That's what's up. I finally got peaches um, to take a nap at the perfect time that we're doing this. Oh, yay. Um, but yeah, I haven't really done a whole lot. It's my last week at work. Technically, tomorrow is my last day, but my boss texted me today and just said, you know, good luck in your future endeavors and keep in touch. So, so essentially, you're, like, you're done working. <laughs> so I just need to log off for the day. Like, sounds great. Um so I've just been chilling. I went and got my nails done at like 11. Took a two-mile walk around my neighborhood. It was wonderful. The weather is so nice today. I love it. It's like 80 degrees. And then like shorts today. and t-shirt. It's great. I, I turned on my AC today. I like put my AC in the window because it's so hot. But like next week it's yeah. going to be in the 50s. Like Rob keeps wanting to turn our AC on. But um, he like... We grew up a little poorer than he did, so I won't turn it on until I absolutely have to. And I do the same thing with the heat in the winter, and it, like, makes him so mad. But, yeah, I just refuse to turn it on yet. Now, the only reason I, like, because I agree with you, like, if I didn't have pets, I, would, I wouldn't turn it on until, like, August. But mm-hmm. we can't open our windows all the way because uh-huh. Katya will jump out. Oh. <laughs> like, the, the very first week that we lived here, we moved here in May... And I had opened up my bedroom window and I turned around and she was out on the ledge. Like I had to grab her by her tail and like yank her back. It scared the oh hell out gosh. of me. So now we can't open the windows more than like an inch or two because she'll try to escape. Right. <laughs> well, that's what Winona tries to do. We have screens on our front window. So she's um, she's probably about to jump up there. But like she just plants herself right in front of the window and it like faces the street. So she likes to people watch and stuff. Oh. Um, but one time I was cooking and I like burnt something. So I opened up our kitchen window and our kitchen window is like tall. Like it's not like a foot off the ground. Like it's up like on the wall and I opened it and I just forgot about it. And I came back and went on a little chunky. And so she had tried to like crawl out the window and she was like caught on her little belly because it wouldn't fit. So so I had to pull her back in and she was like yelling at me like, and so I pulled her back in. So now we don't ever leave that open. Um, We like put a screen in it too, but yeah. Yeah. We don't have screens on our windows. I don't even know how you would like do that. I just bought mine from Amazon and they, when you open the window, you just like expand it out and then you close the window on it. So it like is fitted into it. Oh, And it doesn't like shake loose. Like Winona will literally be pressed all the way up against the window and are against the screen and it doesn't pop out so maybe I'll, I'll have to look into that i mean randy's moving out in like two weeks the end of a roommate era oh those are always kind of sad yeah. i mean sometimes they're like pretty great but sometimes they're sad I, this one i'm actually sad about he's been like apart from being messy he's been like a chill roommate <laughs> it make it always men are makes, always interesting to live with oh men men don't understand basics like, yeah, real and life. I never realized how messy I was as a woman until I lived with a man. Yeah. Because I guess, like, messes that I'm willing to accept are different than what men are men gross. Are willing to accept, I guess. It's, there's yeah. a difference between being messy and gross. Men are disgusting. Yeah. Women are messy, but men are, like, straight up. I'm like, have you ever cleaned a toilet in your life? Yes. Rand, I swear to God. Oh, I hope he doesn't listen to this. But when, t- when we like first moved in together, he's like, how did you get the toilet so white? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, there's not like a ring. I was like, there's not supposed to be a ring, dude. That's what toilet bowl cleaner is for. Oh my yeah, I, it was like a real conversation that we had that I was like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't think it's ever been that bad, but I also clean the bathroom like you like once a week. I mean, maybe once every two weeks sometimes, but it's like once a week I clean that bathroom. No. And but I was talking more like the underside of the toilet seat uh, where it like collects all the like urine atro- and the hair. Oh, and it's like, atrocious. I can't. And I'm like I don't notice any of it until I go to clean it because I keep the toilet seat down. 
you raise that toilet seat like 10 you times see a day it, yes. and you're just okay staring at that like that's disgusting i lived with an ex-boyfriend many moons ago <laughs> uh who i had to explain how to use a washing machine to Ooh. he had like we dated i was 20 and he was 23 and we he had never done laundry in his life like i literally we moved into a house that had a washer dryer and i had to explain to him like this is where you put the soap you have to separate like your whites from dark i'll never forget that which is so funny because he's married with kids now so i'm like i wonder if your wife does your laundry that makes me want to cry dude you know what it is honestly like it is men's fault because they, they have never taken the time to learn as adults, but men are like this because their mothers baby them. Because we let them be. Yes. Yes. And honestly, if I have sons, I'm praying that I don't, but if I do, they're going to be the cleanest men because I yeah. can't deal. The amount of straight men that I've lived with, it's it's absurd, the things that I've seen. That they're just like okay mm. with. I'm like, how do you live your life knowing that this is happening? I know. But I'm such a brat because I like the house to be clean, but I liked it I like it to be clean the way I like it clean. Yeah. And so then I'm like, no, no, you just sit down, I'll clean because you're you're gonna do it wrong and I don't like it. <laughs> you don't clean correctly. You don't clean correctly. Uh, that's true though, I feel that. <laughs> I know, it's such a pain. Um, are what you, are you what are you doing on your week off of fun employment? So, um, it's Easter weekend and so my church is doing like a big Easter um like my church okay, so like Raleigh has grown so much, obviously. So my church I think was originally founded in like Durham or Chapel Hill, which is like right next to Raleigh, and then it's grown so much that they have like a bunch of different locations. Mm-hmm. So they're actually renting out the amphitheater here in raleigh to like hold easter services so that everybody can be together um because there's like 12 different campuses or something so we're gonna do that and then our friends are doing like a brunch afterwards um and then monday i'm babysitting for some friends of mine tuesday i don't really have any plans i'll probably go get lunch or something or just sit on the couch and watch tv and not do anything but my mom is going to Georgia to visit my brother and his new baby. So I'm going to fly, or I'm going to drive down to Georgia like midway through the week and stay for like, she's going for like five days. So I want to give her time with the baby, but I'll probably go for like two or three days. Nice. How long is that drive? Uh, it's like four hours. It's not that bad. Oh, nice. That'll be fun. Nice relaxing. Week yeah, off. I'm excited. So I don't know what I'll do tomorrow. Rob has good Friday off, so we'll probably do this. Maybe drive around and look for new apartments. I don't know. Oh, yeah. How's the apartment search going? It's not well. <laughs> like, I don't want to leave. I love my apartment. I don't want to leave. I just want to not have noisy neighbors. Also, moving is the worst, just in general. It truly is. Packing everything. Also, I'm the kind of person that, like, to me, packing is part of the moving. Like, I, my first, I for some reason, don't understand the concept of, like, you have to start packing before moving day. Like, I'll... You pack on moving I, day? I pack on moving <laughs> Hannah, oh my god. When I moved out of New York, I literally started packing, like, two weeks before I actually moved. No, and I it was simple stuff. It's like, I'm just gonna pack up all my books. And then it was like, I'm gonna pack up, like, the crap that's underneath my bed that I'll never touch, or whatever it is. And then I moved. <laughs> <laughs> no, packing is the moving. I pack oh moving. I'll wake up so early, like moving day. I'll get up at like four o'clock in the morning. Like if we have to pick up the U-Haul at nine or 10, like I'm up at four to like start. Packing. <laughs> I still don't think I would even have enough time. Uh, Well, I guess I've never like I, in this apartment, I've accumulated a lot of stuff. So I'll probably have to pull it all, all nighter. But yeah, but like in previous apartments, like it, it's only taken me a couple hours. That's crazy. I moved, so when I moved here, I moved in just like a cargo van and didn't have, the only furniture I had was my mattress. That was it. And, well, I had my bed, but I I broke it down. So then I just put it back together. So that wasn't a big deal. Um, and it still took me like quite some time to get it all packed up. 
Really? No. I'm like not an organized packer though. I don't want you to think that I like label everything. Oh, I just kind of throw okay. shit in boxes and like like where it fits. Yeah. yeah. Like the only thing that I'm semi-organized about is like breakable stuff, like dishes. That's fair. But everything else I'm like it's going to go in a box and we'll figure it out later. My number one, this is like my best moving tip and I tell it to everybody, but I have a bunch of books. Okay, so if you also have a bunch of books, they're really small and they're really easy to pack. And so you just stick them all in a box and then all of a sudden you have like a 40 pound box that nobody can move. So my best tip is all of the boxes, put like a layer of books at the very bottom and then stack all your other crap on top of it. So it just like disperses all the weight, especially if you're, if it's like clothes, because clothes are usually like lightweight or sheets or blankets or whatever. So my Cheryl fun tips that's actually a good tip I didn't even think because I have a lot of boxes or a lot of books too but I I always put them in like boxes but I will say my moving tip is I don't pack my clothes I take garbage bags and pull from underneath and just like tie it around the hanger so all you have to do is like hang them back up that's exactly what I do that's perfect well except for stuff that's like in like your underwear and your socks and stuff like that that stuff I'll just throw in. It's going in a box. <laughs> yeah. If you ever need moving boxes, you can just look on Facebook Marketplace because somebody is usually always... So, like, when I moved here, I just kept all of the boxes that we had... Like, when you get stuff ordered or yeah. dropped off or, like, old box, whatever. I collected them for, like, a couple months and just kept them stored underneath my bed. But then after I moved here, I just took a picture of the pile of them and said free moving boxes. And somebody came that hour and picked them all up. I always take them from restaurants. Ooh, that's smart. If you go to a restaurant, every time I've moved, it's been because, well, now I don't work at a restaurant anymore. But every time I moved, I whatever restaurant I was working at, I'll just be like, hey, can I take the produce boxes when they get a delivery this week? Right. Oh, that's kind of smart. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to use them. Yeah. Fair mm. enough. Oh, should we talk about some murders? Yes, Absolutely. Um, so I think it's my week to go first. Um, you want right? to tell them the theme? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I went first last time. It's your turn. Okay. So the theme this week was like drug induced murders. That's a broad theme. And, huh? That's a broad theme. It was pretty broad. It took me a minute to, because I remember texting you and being like, so what is this? like entail or is this like overdoses is this and you were like it could be whatever you want it to be as long as drugs are related yeah drug related in general um so i decided to go with the miami zombie attack oh that's a good story i don't think i know the details it is it's pretty wild okay Um, so my sources were wikipedia obvi and the Miami Herald. Um, okay. And that's actually about it. So let's see. It. It's a good one. Love zombies. Um, <laughs> this is okay. So, something that I have found really hard with stuff that's happened in recent news, and I noticed this with the Michelle Carter case too that I did. In oh, I didn't watch two. an episode. I didn't watch the episode sidebar. I haven't done it yet. I'm going to do it today. I swear to God. <laughs> let's, we'll talk about that on another episode because okay. I have some thoughts. <laughs> I'll do it today. Um, <laughs> But the problem with this is, like, so when you Google articles, it's always, like, where are they now? Here's the verdict in the case. Here's blah, blah, blah. And I'm, like, I want the news articles of, like, when it was happening. Of, like, we're still developing this story. They've just been arrested. Here's what we know has happened. And those are so freaking hard to find. So, I did what I could. But in in the age of, like, digital media, yeah, like, the article you're looking at... Well, also, the article you're looking at probably is that article, but they've deleted it as they update it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, So that's why I had to rely pretty heavily on Wikipedia, although I never need an excuse to rely heavily on Wikipedia, so. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Here we go. Buckle up. All right. So on May 26, 2012, a cyclist named Larry Vega rode his bike down the west end of the MacArthur Causeway in downtown Miami, where he came across a pretty gruesome scene. Two homeless men, one completely nude and one partially nude, were entangled in a bloody fist fight. The fight was escalating quickly, and it appeared that one of the men was the clear, prominent aggressor over the other. 
So Vega called 911, and a few minutes later, Miami police officer Jose Ramirez arrived and did a literal double take at the scene in front of him. Those were his words. Um, the completely nude man was chewing on the face of his victim, growling and mumbling incoherently as he did so. So Officer Ramirez ordered the man to stop. Um, when he refused, Ramirez had no choice but to fire his gun. He shot the man once, then four more times before he finally stopped. Ugh. All of this was caught on camera at the nearby Miami Herald building. Five times? He shot him five times? and he Holy shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to go back just a bit. Oh, God. So Rudy Eugene was born on February 4th, 1981 in Miami, Florida. He was raised by a single mother attending the local Baptist church and playing football in high school. After graduating, he worked a series of odd jobs, things like McDonald's, telemarketing, all that. Um, he was most recently employed at a car wash, and he had plans to own his own car wash one day. In 2005, at age 24, he married, but he was separated less than three years later after his wife accused him of being violent during their marriage. Um, although he was never charged with domestic violence in relation to this, he did have a few arrests on his records. For the most part, it was like petty drug charges, like marijuana possession, you know, stuff like that. But in 2004, he was arrested for breaking a table, among a bunch of other items, pushing his mother and threatening her, stating... Quote, I'll put a gun to your head and I'll kill you. Oh, that's not good. Yes. Police were called to the scene. He was arrested, etc. So the other gentleman that was present was a man named Ronald Edward Popo. Or Popo. How do you spell? Maybe it's Popo. P-O-P-P-O. We'll say Pop. Popo. (laughs) Popo. Okay. He was born May 17th in 1947 in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. He attended Stavayant High School, where he was a member of the Latin Club and worked in the guidance office. And he briefly enrolled in the City College of New York after graduation, but he dropped out before completion. Um, there isn't a ton about Ronald in the articles I read. We know at some point that he had a daughter, but not sure if he'd had a girlfriend or a wife. Um, or like if, if he had been married or anything like that. Mm. Um, And we do know that he eventually made his way down to Miami, but in early 1976, Ronald was completely homeless. So at this point, he had been homeless for 30 years when this incident happened. Oh, that's sad. Um, And in fact, two days before the incident, two workers had approached him and offered him the services of the Miami-Dade County Homeless Trust, but Ronald had basically declined their help. Okay. So back to the day of. On the morning of May 26th, Rudy, who was 31 years old at the time, drove to Miami Beach to the Urban Beach Week, which is like a hip-hop festival held over Memorial Day weekend in Miami. And at some point, his Chevrolet Caprice broke down. Security footage nearby showed that Rudy stayed with the car for like 30, 40 minutes trying to like fix it, I guess, before he abandoned it right around noon. And police later found a Bible and five empty water bottles in the car. Um, I don't know how they can know this, but they do believe that all five were consumed, like, right before this happened. Okay. So, after leaving the car, Rudy started walking the three-mile stretch of the MacArthur Causeway. Eyewitnesses later came forward and said that while he was making the trek, he began stripping off his clothes, even his shoes, and dumped his driver's license along the way. Eventually, he came across Ronald, who was lying underneath a viaduct, which is, like, this really fancy birch thing, if you don't know what it is. Okay. Um, and it initially started off a very, like, friendly conversation for the most part. Um, it was originally reported that the two were complete strangers, but it later came out that at one point Rudy had been volunteering or working or something with the homeless community in, in Miami, and he had met Ronald a couple times, like, before this, so they recognized each other. Okay, but they weren't, or, like, they, friends. They weren't friends, and, I mean, I guess it's possible that maybe they didn't recognize each other, but they had met before. So maybe okay. they might not have remembered it, but they had met. Okay. So anyways, they start talking. Um, it's pretty chill at first. Rudy just starts saying that he wasn't able to score at the beach. He confesses that he was, quote, souped up on something. Um, and then it sort of starts escalating. He starts accusing Ronald of stealing his Bible, which is the same one that he left behind in the car. And then, according to Ronald, Rudy just snaps, and unprovoked, he lunges at him, strangling him, 
and get ready. <gasps> plucking out his eyeball. Oh no, no, I don't like that. <laughs> Eye stuff freaks me out. I can't handle it. So Rudy ripped off his pants, Ooh. ripped off Ronald's pants, chewing and biting on his face. And this is the scene that Larry Vega comes across and calls 911. Uh, okay. So all in all, based on the security footage we have, which is, this is down the street from the Miami Herald, like the newspaper. Okay. It's all happening right there. So we have the security footage of it. The entire attack lasted for like 18 minutes, which is such a long time if you think about it. Like it sounds so quick. (laughs) So long. That's too long for somebody to be like zombie attacking you. Like... That's too long. That's an episode of The yeah. Walking Dead right there. Yeah. Even if it was just like a regular fist fight, that's which is what I called long. it in the beginning, but that's like a lie. But it's so long. No. All right. So preliminary toxicology reports stated that the only positive drug in Rudy's system was cannabis. No, obviously not. But there were a number of unidentified, undigested pills. And it wasn't, I mean, maybe they identified them, but that wasn't released to the public. It is wildly speculated and believed that Rudy was also under the influence of bath salts, which were a newer synthetic drug similar to amphetamines that often caused erratic behavior, hallucinations, and delusions. I always thought it was like literal bath salts. (laughs) Okay, so I always thought that bath salts, the drug, were the same thing as bath salts, like Epsom salts. Like people were just smoking them or abusing them. Like they found a way to be like... I'm a huff bath salts, and that's how I'm going to get high. So that's not the case. Okay. I really didn't know. I found out. <laughs> so the reason that they're called that is because they, like, unpackaged, they look very similar. So they're just, like, these little granules okay. or whatever. So they, they do look kind of like real bath salts. And then they're often disguised as, like, Epsom salts because they look so similar and so they'll be labeled as bath salts but they can also be labeled as like plant food or like a cleaner or something like they're Um, like small and that's how they're like yeah well not like like a like grainy like a grainy yeah okay um and because of their novelty they weren't commonly tested for at the time in toxicology reports okay so the medical examiner even stated in the press release this is a quote Within the limits of current technology by both laboratories, marijuana is the only drug identified in the body of Mr. Rudy Eugene. So they, like, knew. Um, It is confirmed that Rudy's behavior aligned with other bath salt overdoses, so that's why they're pretty sure that's what it was. Um, But I guess once you do one talk screen, you can't do another one. Or maybe it's just been too long that they weren't able to do it, so... It's technically not listed that way, but it's it's just well understood. Okay. So, due to the attack, which, like, I originally called it a fight just for effect, yeah. but, like, it's an attack, just to be clear. Um, Ronald lost 75 to 80% of his face above his beard. Oh, no. He lost his eyebrows. Ah! His nose. Not the eyebrows. Parts of his forehead and cheek. <gasps> His left eye was gouged out, and his right eye suffered so much damage that he was left permanently blind. Ugh. A, a public fund was set up, and he was able to raise about $100,000 to pay for the numerous reconstructive surgeries and physical therapies that he had to under, undergo. He had to relearn how to dress, feed himself, shower, and shave. Oh, that's awful. Also because he was completely blind. Yeah. Oh, no. So, this... I'm not going to say, like, a glimmer of good thing came out of this, but just <laughs> if we were to say that, because obviously I'm sure the he thought this lining. didn't happen at all. <laughs> but, you know, this teensy tiny decent thing. Um, so I mentioned that he had been homeless for 30 years now. Um, his whole family thought he was dead, like, because nobody had heard from him. And so he was actually able to get reconnected with his family and his daughter because of these news headlines. Okay. Um, again, I'm sure he would rather this not happen at all, but you know, whatever. So that's actually very common in the homeless community because once you are homeless for so long, it's incredibly, incredibly difficult to get out. Um, and so he was able to get reconnected. 
Okay. Additionally, he was granted permission to stay at the medical facility indefinitely. Um, and that's where he was last reported to be. He was receiving nutritional and occupational therapy, and he learned to play the guitar blind. Wait, so did he eat him or he just ripped off his flesh? He just ripped off his flesh. Ah, okay. Ooh, that's almost worse. But he didn't swallow any of it. So, like, there was no flesh in Rudy Eugene's, like, stomach when they did the autopsy. Okay. So, I guess he was just chewing at it. Which is such a, like, I hate... I like that word. word Just chew. I'm like, ugh. That's what he did. What am I supposed to say? Oh, like a piece of gum. Like he gnawed at it. Like that's what he did. I don't. I don't have another verb to use. Oh no. Okay. Well, he, so, he learned to play guitar. Yeah. So that is the story of the Miami zombie attack. Oh. I did not like that. <laughs> no, I didn't like it either. And it was really sad. And yeah. It's just a horrible story, and I feel, I mean, obviously I feel terrible for Ronald, who was the victim. I also feel really bad for Rudy's um, family. Like, his mom, I guess, was very, very religious, and she tried so hard to just, like, I read an article, and it was, like, all she wanted to do was, like, give him, like, a Christian burial, and then, like, move on, excuse me, move on, live her life, like, an anonymity with her fiancé and, like, her other children, and this just, like... Like, none of the churches would let her have a funeral service for her son there. Like, once they found out who he was, like, they would just say no. Oh, that's And sucks. it was just really hard. And that is, like, an awful story. That's a part of it. Like, we think so much about the victims and their families, as we should. You know, they deserve the attention of this. But it is sometimes really hard to think about, like, the aggressor and their family. Yeah. Like, sometimes they're also just, like, trash human beings that, like, abuse their child, and that's why they turned out that way. Sometimes they're just, like, it's my kid, and they're an adult, and they have to make their own choices. And And a lot of it is, like, mental health-related stuff, too. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't... I do feel bad for for people, especially, like, parents who are, like, I just tried my best, and, like, they didn't want to take their medication or whatever. I think that Mm -hmm. happens more often than not. We just really only hear the stories about... Well, my parents abused me, and now I'm crazy. Like, you know. Right. Damn. It's horrible. Ooh, that sucks. Is he still alive? The... The guy in the mental... Aggressor? Yeah, yeah, No, he he died when he got shot. Oh. Oh. That's why no, they no, did no, the no, talk no. screen I mean, uh, not the talk screen. The, uh, the other guy who's blind and... Oh, the victim? Yeah. Um, So last I read, he was still alive, and he's living at that, it's like a Medicaid facility okay. um, for, like, people who are disabled. So that's, last I heard, I mean, he may have potentially passed since then. That was in, I think, 2015 or 16. Okay. Um, so not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, that's where he was. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. That was rough. Yeah, not a good one. <laughs> Uh, mine's horrible too. <laughs> I went in a completely oh. different direction. <laughs> Tell me all about it. Um, yeah. How did you interpret this theme? So, okay. So there's this. I don't know if you've ever heard the story of Rachel Hoffman, the like college student mm-hmm. who became a CI and she got murdered. No. It, uh, I'll talk about it in think... this story because I picked a similar story to that. Um. But yeah, I did the death of Andrew Sadek. So my sources were Wikipedia, obviously, um, an article from the Dixon Press, KFGO News Station, and the Daily Mail. Um, And there was also a podcast called Trace Evidence that did an episode on this. So usually what I'll do when I do research is, like, I'll do research, like, finding articles and stuff, and then, like, after I've written everything, I'll try to find a podcast episode and, like, see if I'm missing any information. Mm-hmm. Um, but my interpretation of, like, drug stories was... So first, I, like, wanted to do, like, cartel murders, but they're kind of boring. <laughs> I, like, I hate to say that, but, like... 
there's no good stories like it, there's no it, it's like listen you got mixed up with the cartel what did you yeah think was and it's happen? like they're all very short like it's just kind of like you crossed us and now we're gonna dismember you in the jungle like it's not mm-hmm. anything crazy so then i kind of started looking at it from like a police angle which is why i picked this story so here we go okay let's go so andrew sadik was born uh november 22nd 1993 in valley city north dakota he was raised on a cattle farm and he had an older brother um and teachers and family described him as very quiet and timid and shy like very sweet but very like introverted Mm -hmm. um in 2005 his older brother was actually killed in a school crossing guard accident which is horrible Mm -hmm. um and he goes on to graduate from valley city high school and he starts attending north dakota state college of science to become an electrician so it's a vocational school like a two-year program um and he's 20 years old at the time that this takes place so he and we'll post pictures of him he looks like such a sweet kid like he honestly looks like just a cute midwestern boy who like just to want who just wants to work like a hands-on union job and like just from a farm wants to live a simple life like it's so sad yeah so you said he was 20 when this happened he's 20 years old so, young. so in 2013, he begins selling marijuana in small amounts um, around campus just mm-hmm. to make some like extra money, which, right. I mean, he probably should have just gotten a job at like a subway or something, but you know, kids are going to do what yeah. they're going to do. Um, and also it's not, he wasn't like a big time drug dealer. Like he was mainly just selling like grams to like his friends like he really didn't right it wasn't like like i have some extra here yeah like pay me for it basically like that so he actually ended up selling 80 dollars worth of marijuana to a ci on campus but it was over two drug deals so it wasn't like he did it once i guess he had Mm -hmm. sold like a couple grams to this person and they you don't know who it is like we never find out in this in this story um, but I, oh, okay. I guess he had sold a couple grams to this person and then he sold like one gram to this person and that's when whoever it was like ratted on him. Mm-hmm. So because it was on a school zone, he is sentenced. He's not sentenced. He's charged with two felony counts of drug possession with intent to sell. And those sentences carry a minimum of 40 years. Oh, wow. He's 20 years old. I mean, he's just going to school to be an electrician. Mm-hmm. So, and also in North Dakota, any drug crimes are automatically a felony. Like, this is before, like, things were legalized, which I do believe weed should be legalized. It shouldn't be treated like meth, obviously. Um, right. But, yeah, so in North Dakota, like, he just automatically gets charged with a felony. So, he's... The police basically cut him a deal saying, like, if you become a confidential informant for us, like, we'll drop the charges. And he agrees. Okay. It just clicked to me what story this is. It's sad. Yeah. So he, within a month, um, he purchases $120 worth of marijuana from two different dealers on campus. But in order mm-hmm. to fulfill his obligations to the police, he has to buy from a third dealer and then once more from one of the other dealers. So he has to make like multiple purchases through these dealers. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't know this. So like the way that confidential informants work so that you don't know who they are is like they'll do whatever it is. Like if you're going to buy drugs, like they'll sell you the drugs or buy the drugs off you. And then they wait a couple months before they like press charges. So you don't really know who it is. I also did not know that. Yeah. I thought it was like they arrest you the second you leave. Yeah. It's like, okay, here's your drugs. Great. Here's some handcuffs. You need to put them on now. So I guess the reason why they do that is because people die, which is unfortunate. Um, so he has to make these like two more purchases, but he ends up obviously never making them. Spoiler alert, the story does not end well. 
Um, so at this point, he's almost done with his trade school program and he's joined an electrician's club on campus and he starts mm-hmm. dating a new girlfriend. Um, he's just a normal college kid who was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm not saying it's okay to sell drugs, but like selling a little bit of pot to your friends when you're a college student. I mean, who among us, you know, like. Also, it's like, if this outcome is what I'm pretty sure this outcome is, like, I, I don't think it. that the punishment justifies the crime. Yeah. So he. Or the crime justifies the punishment. Sorry. Yeah. He's he's making plans for the future. So he's almost done with his uh, degree and he starts going on interviews for different electricians unions in bigger cities like Bismarck, um, some places in Wisconsin. So he's got plans for the future. Like he's like, I'm just going to finish doing this. I'm going to graduate, whatever. April 25th, he leaves campus to visit his parents' farm for like an extended weekend. And he returns back to campus April 30th. Um, He gets back to his dorm hall and he hangs out with friends and they watch a movie before bed. So him and his roommate are kind of close. So Mm -hmm. his roommate wakes up the next morning and notices he wasn't in bed. Um, And he assumes that he had gone to go visit his girlfriend, but he didn't attend class that day. A bunch of their other friends are like, dude, have you seen him? Like, what's going on? And he doesn't return to his dorm room that night. So the next day is when the roommate files the missing persons report because the girlfriend was. Mm -hmm. And also in all these articles, the girlfriend is never named. Like, we never find out who she is. I think she probably was like barely 18 at the time. Right. So... Security footage from the campus security shows him leaving the dorm around 2 o'clock in the morning wearing a Tampa Bay Buccaneers sweatshirt, blue jeans, and a black backpack. And he has his cell phone with him, but it's turned off at the time. Okay. Also, at this point, his parents don't know that he's a CI. Like, nobody knows that he's a CI. Um... Which, like, obviously... My first reaction is to be, like, that's BS. But I guess he's 20, so he's an adult. That's so the, but I guess he's also have a college student. Like, I know he's an adult, yeah. but still, like... It's in that weird gray area of, like, kind of learning how to be an adult, you Where know? you're, like, half an adult? Yeah. So, the police um, are viewing him. They, like, spin this story that he's a runaway... So that he doesn't have to finish his deal as a CI with them. And they put out two warrants for his arrest in the hope that it gets him to return and turn himself in. Which is how his parents find out that he's a CI. Like, they don't go and tell That's how they find out. They didn't, like, hey, your kid's missing. We do just want to let you know. No, that's they don't find out he was until those warrants go out. That's a horrible, mm-hmm. horrible and thing. also they had already lost one child. Like I, yeah. So obviously the parents God, are like, parents. "What the hell are you talking about?" Um, and they make multiple news appearances begging for him to come home. They're like, "There's no way he would run away. Like he's super responsible. Even if he was in trouble like this, like he he wouldn't do that." Mm-hmm. Two months later, on June twenty seventh, his body is found. Uh, his body is found in the Red River, Red River near Breckenridge, Minnesota. Um, and the police had actually found it during a routine dive training exercise that they did. And his cause mm-hmm. of death is listed as a single gunshot wound to the head. And police rule this as suicide, saying that he killed himself in order to escape his charges. So they're trying to spin it like he did this to himself. Mm-hmm. However... He's found wearing different clothes than the ones that he's left with. Like he in, he's wearing like a pair of jeans, but they're a different color. He's wearing a jacket that like no one has ever seen before. And like, they wouldn't identify him as wearing it. And he has Mm -hmm. the same backpack, but it's been filled with rocks and tied to his body. And his wallet is also missing. Okay. Yeah. Like he's not Virginia Wolf. Like he didn't. (laughs) Stupid. And, like, here's the thing. I know, I'm sorry to get graphic. I know that when people commit suicide, like, there is stories about people, like, tying cement to themselves and, like, jumping in the ocean. Mm-hmm. But why would you shoot yourself in the head? Like, why would you tie rocks to yourself and then shoot yourself in the head? Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. 
Um, so his mom obviously immediately starts criticizing the police investigation on this, stating that her son wasn't suicidal. He was making plans for the future. Like he had his new girlfriend. He was literally less than a month away from graduating. There's no note found at the crime scene. Um, none of his friends came forward and said like, yeah, he was acting weird. Like even the night he went missing, like he's hanging out with his friends, like having a good time. Like that's not something you do if you're suicidal. Mm -hmm. So when his car is returned to his family, his parents notice that the carpet in the trunk is wet, suggesting that someone had probably killed him and used his car to take him to the river to dispose of his body. Like it was wet, like it had been cleaned. Um, And security cameras from where his car was found were allegedly not working that night. And police are very, very adamant about sticking with this suicide plot line. Which, like, he was so close to, like, finishing up the deal. Yeah, and graduating and just moving on with his life. Yeah, like, like, that doesn't make any sense. he's 20 years old. Like, I mean, the, sh- the thing is, it's like, it was such a stupid mistake. And, like, it's the same thing with, like, the Rachel Hoffman case. Like, she was 23 and she got caught with a cup, like, half an ounce in her car. And the police yeah. told her, like, she has to be a CI. So basically, in that in that case, they caught her in her car. Like, she had gotten pulled over for, like, a routine traffic stop. And they caught her with a half ounce. They told her she had to be a CI. But they told her, like, you have to purchase $130,000 worth of drugs or something. Which was stupid That's, because yeah. she was just selling, like, grams of marijuana. Like, there's no way that you go from, like... Hey, I gave my friend a dime bag to let me buy 150,000 ecstasy pills. Like, yeah, that's insane. It doesn't also, make sense. it's like, can I just go to jail for two days? Yeah, like, why? Call it even? Or, like, can I just pay a $1,000 fine and move on with my life? Well, so, okay, so that's a good segue into this. So, oh, good. His mom okay. starts a Facebook group, um, obviously openly criticizing the police force and she actually files a wrongful death lawsuit against the police force it's ultimately denied but she appeals it she's like you're not going to get away with this so there she files a new one she's currently waiting for a court date that was in 2018 i don't know if a court date has happened yet because a judge put a gag order on the case Oh. So when did he? When did when was his body recovered? Two thousand thirteen. Oh okay. So yeah, like that's the other thing is like things in this story take so long and like it's not fair. Yeah, anything. I was literally just thinking that. So similar to the Rachel Hoffman case, uh, her out of her story, Rachel's law came. So in this story, Andrew's law is put into motion. So basically, this law states that number one, students are not to be used as CIs. Even if they get mm-hmm. convicted of a drug charge, like they cannot be, there's no plea deal for that. Right. And two, they are also have to be considered as low le- level drug offenders um, and immediately just given a fine and probation instead of a large prison sentence. Yeah. Which like, Honestly, that would kind of scare me more because I think about like college students and how poor they are. Like if you gave a 20 year old college student a $2,000 fine, like they would be fucked. They would be like, what the hell? They couldn't pay it. Yeah. They'd be like, now I have to go take out a student loan to pay for my fine. Like that would scare me more than going to prison. I guess they're both scary, but like it would just make more sense. Like that would scare me straight more. Right. So his family is still fighting for justice today. His mom is pretty active on like social media and like making news appearances. Um, but yeah, that's the story of Andrew Sack. That is a horrible. It's horrible. It's but he's just a kid. Like he's just a kid. He's so cute. Like he looks like. Ugh. So, I may have this story confused with another one, but I thought that he like was revealed to be a CI and then they still sent him back again. No, that's a different story. I can't remember that person's name, but I know what you're talking about. Okay. 
That's because I remember. Why hearing. are you using college students as CIs? They're idiots. Just what? use an undercover cop. Yes. Like somebody who's literally like, hey, I'm willing to put my life on the line because this is my job. Also, I'm getting paid for that. Like, just do that, dude. Instead of taking advantage of these like 20 year old kids. Who? And yeah, I know 20. You're an adult. You can make your own choices. Whatever. They're still kids. They're like, kids. shut up. They're kids, especially if they're living on campus, like they really don't understand responsibility at that level. And like, that's such a dangerous thing to put a young adult in. Like it can go wrong so quickly. Yeah. If you, you're trying to uncover, especially like with Rachel Hoffman, it's like $130,000 worth of drugs. Like that's like, you're run-of-the-mill, like, some kid in your dorm room that's going to sell you a little bit of pot. Like, they're not going to have that kind of drug. Like, those are, like, scarier people. Yes. Those are scary, scary people who have guns and are probably going to kill. That's, I mean, they sent her in there, not to, like, drag out her story too much, but they sent her in there to buy, like, two ounces of cocaine, like, 150 ecstasy pills, like, some crazy amount of drugs and a gun. And she ultimately got killed with the gun they sent her in there to buy yeah no shit sherlock like what did they think was gonna happen dude it's it's unfortunate because they're just kids i mean he's 20 years old she was 23 like they're kids doing police work yes because they're scared and they're being taken advantage of and they feel like they're forced to yes and that's like another thing is like um with Andrew, it, like, he, so he's 20, he probably doesn't want his parents to know that he got in trouble for buying, po- or for selling pot, so he's probably keeping it a secret, and it's like, hey, if you just do this for us, then we don't ever have to tell anybody, and your parents don't ever have to find out. Whereas in reality, he could have just told his parents, maybe gotten a lawyer, and then been like, all right, here's your $500 fine, and a year's worth of probation, like, move on. Yeah. Don't ever do this again. You know, but he's probably too scared, especially because when you're 20 and you screw up. All you think about is like, my parents are going to be so mad. Like, it's literally, it's like that scene from Scream, which, spoiler alert, but it came out like 30 years ago. So it shouldn't (laughs) be that big of a deal. Or 20 years ago, whatever. When he's like, oh, my dad's going to kill me for being a murderer. It's like, well, duh. You know, it's so stupid. Like, that's literally how kids think. Yeah. Whereas now I'd be like, yeah, I screwed up. Yeah. I'm a real adult and I'll take care of it myself and you can judge me or say whatever, but bye. It's unfortunate because this whole thing could have been avoided, like completely avoided. He could still be here. I mean, he's what, two years older than us? Like that's horrible. Yeah. This is, this is a particularly poor week to be doing police stories. I know. Oh my God. You know what? I don't want to get political, but... They got to do better or we got to restructure this budget because <laughs> it's getting a little ridiculous yeah. out here. Listen, there are a lot of amazing police officers out there that do great work and it's they the do system. it for a great it's cause the and they are undeserving, but they are getting overrun and bulldozed by these poor systems and corruption, massive budgets with poor execution. And it's just absolutely insane. I feel like we should... It really needs to be a conversation more about mental health and Mm -hmm. education, prevention, rehabilitation. Like, it shouldn't... The other thing is, is, like, police don't show up to prevent the crime. They show up when the crime has already been committed. So what... Like, they don't need to be driving Teslas around when people are scared to take the subway. Like... Right. (sighs) It's terrible. Anyway. <laughs> uh, sorry to be a bummer of a week. I know this was a sad week. These were not, these were not yeah, uplifting Yeah, this was really, stories. really stressful. <laughs> the next one will be more, more interesting, guys. Yeah. I almost texted you to be like, do you want to take a week off? But. No, it's okay. I need a distraction. Yeah. Uh, find us on social media. Yeah. If you also need a distraction, we have Instagram and TikTok that you can follow and check out. Crime Spree Podcast. Woo! Um, submit your themes. We'll have trivia. Yeah. Come join the party. Tell your friends. Yeah, tell your come mom. Yeah, come check out trivia. 
My mom's a big fan. <laughs> my mom is not. My mom probably doesn't even know that I have a podcast, even though I've told her twice. So My grandma called me the other day to ask me how to start a podcast. Now I might start one for her. That's so fun. What would she talk about? Do you know? She said she wants a podcast for like older women. I, she did. She was very broad about it. She was just asking me like how difficult it is. And I was like, it's not that hard. I'll do it. I'll do it for you. Sweet grandma. Shout out to grandma. I really want a podcast. That's like, so both my, like, I make this joke that I started out with six grandparents because my mom's mom got remarried a couple times, but I like ran out of grandparents very early in life. And so I never had like a grandmother to like teach me how to like grandmotherly sew a button back on a dress or any of these like random things that like you're just supposed to know. So I need a grandma to start a podcast or like a YouTube channel to tell me how to do it. My grandma is that grandma. My grandma's also very young. My grandma had my mom when she was like 19. So she's not. She's so how like, is she now? She's 73, 74. Wow. Yeah, she's young. That's my like... Are young. My dad is like 65. Yeah, most people's parents sure. are like in their 60s. My grandparents are very young. Wow, that's so cool. Wait, so how old is your mom? Like in her 50s? Sorry, mom. My mom's 54. <laughs> so yeah, my grandma's 73. Oh God, that's kind of badass. Yeah. My I'm, my mom had me when she was like 24, which God forbid, yeah. I can know 24 year old. My mom had my sister young, but my sister is 14 years older than me, so she had my sister young and me late. So it was like huge gap. So she always had a young mom, and I feel like I always had an old mom. No, my mom's my mom's a decent age, but my grandparents are very young for grandparents. Like most grandparents, I feel like are in their 80s and 90s. DM us and tell us how old your parents and grandparents yeah. are. I live my grand my uh, my great grandma didn't pass until I was like thirteen. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, she I like I've been very fortunate with like the grandparents in my life because I know not a lot of people get that. Yeah, that's but that's so all right because cool. I never had a dad, so <laughs> so it works out, evens out. Oh, find us on social media. Send us your grandparents' stories. We love hearing them. <laughs> yes. If you know any grandmas that have a, um, a YouTube channel I could benefit from, please send them my way. Also, ask your grandparents their true crime stories, like if they have any. <gasps> yes, because they're old enough that they have good ones. Yeah, they have, and they're scary too. They're like, I know. And the way they tell them is like, and then I just made dinner and went about my day. <laughs> yes, they're so crazy. Because they, they're old enough to have like those Midwest towns that nothing ever happens. And now we know like... Everything happens there all the time. Everything <laughs> happens there all the time because there's no cameras, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh, man. Send us your stories. Send us your themes. We'll see you next week, guys. Yeah. Tune in then. Bye. Bye.